You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Hey, man, appreciate that. I'm glad he's the potter. You know the good thing about a potter? Is he never throws the clay away. Amen. Amen. And sometimes that clay is, uh, man, you ever watch it on the wheel and it'll just fall apart. And uh, But man, that potter just patiently brings it back up. And there may be some hard spots and some different things he has to take out along the way. Kurt talked along those lines one Sunday school. And I thought about uh, preaching a message sometime. I preached about the potter and the clay. But I'd like to preach it again and entitle it The Will of God, as in the W-H-E-E-L Amen. of God. The Will of God. Uh, because you put that clay on the potter. Uh, but anyway, not on the potter. <laughs> you put the, wi- the clay on the wheel. wheel. Amen. Wheel. wheel. <laughs> and see, and this is another thing. Okay, we're not going to get into that. But uh, I'm about to get angry. <laughs> I forgive you. Now, speaking of this, uh, we may be talking about a subject today that pertains to many people in here today, and I guess we could figure that out by just a simple question. How many of you have ever or ever struggle with anger? Amen. Well, good. So I've got an audience today. Uh, <laughs> Sam pointed over to Trey you. Uh, so that was pretty nice. Or not to Trey you. I do that all the time. Tiring. They're nothing alike. Um, all right. Uh, so weird. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe so. Uh, all right. But I want to preach on this thought today out of Ephesians 4.26. I'm going to be giving you a number of verses, and we're going to be uh, beginning in Ephesians, and I'm going to be mostly in Ephesians, but I'm going to be giving you several uh, Proverbs as we go along as well out of the book of Proverbs. And I would like to preach on this thought out of Ephesians 4.26. I really want to kind of preach this in two parts. I want to start by preaching on this. Be angry. I want to encourage you today to be angry. So the message is going to start by encouraging you. The Bible says here in Ephesians 4.26, it says, Be ye angry. You know, I wouldn't give you a nickel for someone that doesn't get angry. In fact, did you know that anger is one of the most clear expressions of love? Anger. Now, then we're going to go in and probably spend a little bit more time on the second part. If you continue in verse 26, Be ye angry and sin not. See, so what we're going to look at today is a sanctified anger... And then we're going to look a little bit about a sinful anger. We're very familiar with the sinful anger, aren't we? But there is also a sanctified anger. So uh, there's a series of questions I would like to ask as we go through this. Number one, what is anger? Anger is an emotional arousal caused by something that displeases us or a perceived injustice. So we're, we're emotionally stirred by something that either displeases us or a perceived injustice. And that perceived injustice could be that someone did us wrong and it wasn't right. Uh, Or we saw someone else done wrong uh, and therefore it brings anger. So what anger is, is an emotional arousal caused by something that displeases us or a perceived injustice. Now, what anger is not? Anger in and of itself is not a sin. The Bible says here to be ye angry. 
And when you study the Word of God, you'll find out that God was angry a number of times in the Bible. Uh, the Bible says that the anger speaks of the anger of the Lord. In fact, I read somewhere that some 375 times in the Old Testament, it refers to God as being angry. But understand something about the anger of the Lord. Uh, the anger of the Lord is not a... Uh, it's not a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a you did me wrong so I'm going to get you kind of anger. God never has that kind of anger. And that's why when some people hear about the anger of the Lord, what they imagine is our explosive, vengeful kind of anger, mad about something that was done to us and therefore we're going to get somebody back. And, when, and then they... See, what happens is we sometimes try to compare God to ourselves. in order to So we translate and try to interpret who God is based upon our anger. So we look at our sinful anger and then we read that God was angry and we imagine that God is angry in the same way that we're often angry. That's not so. God's anger is a different kind of anger. Uh, in, in fact, it's difficult for us to practice true holy anger or righteous indignation because our emotions are tainted by sin. God's emotions are not tainted by sin. We do not have the same knowledge that God has in all matters. The same knowledge that God has in all matters. In other words, you know there's times that we get mad at people and situations and it's just simply because we don't have all the facts? Yeah. We get mad at people because they may have had a loved one pass away that day. And they snap at you. And then all of a sudden, you're, you, you, you get mad at them. Well, if you knew the circumstances, you probably wouldn't be very mad at that person. When somebody comes blazing down the interstate and just, I mean, pulls right into your bumper, you know, and is just, I mean, just pushing you as hard as they can, then they zip around you and they keep on going, and, and you're thinking, boy, I'd like to catch that person. Uh, but if you realize that they just got news that one of their kids were in a bad accident we probably wouldn't be quite as angry with those people. Uh, but So we don't have the knowledge that God has. Uh, God has all knowledge of all matters at all times. God sees everything clearly, and He knows how to uh, see everything completely. The New Testament principle seems to be that the, that the believer should be angry at sin, but loving toward people. The Bible actually says in Psalm 97 verse 10, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. So be angry. There's a sanctified anger. Sanctified anger is a righteous anger. Now, how can we know whether or not our anger is a righteous anger? This, this is very difficult territory to try, but I believe the Bible gives us some principles that can help us. Jesus is an example of someone that we read in the New Testament that was angry sometimes. Jesus was never angry, however, over things that were done to Him. Twice, Jesus cast the money changers out of the temple. A few times, Jesus sp spoke very boldly to the Pharisees, the religious leaders that were leading people away from the truth and ultimately leading people to hell. He was angry over that. But understand this, Jesus was not angry when they mocked Him, made fun of Him, humiliated Him. Now let's just start checking our anger, okay? 
When we're mocked, humiliated, hurt. When, 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 they, when they beat Him, Jesus was not angry at the people that beat Him with the cat of nine tails. He was not angry at the people that nailed Him to the cross or ripped out His beard. You see kind of where we're going here? A righteous anger is not an anger that we're angry because of something that someone did to us. Or did not do to us. That's selfishness. That's self-centeredness. And so you can kind of check that anger right away. We ought to be angry. But we ought to be angry at injustice, not at people. We ought to be angry at sin, not at the sinner. Uh, uh, I personally grew up, and some of you did as well, in homes where people abused drugs and alcohol. So does that make me love drugs and alcohol? Seeing what that's done to so many of my loved ones, so many people I care about? No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate seeing what that does to people. Well, how do you feel about someone that's addicted? How do you feel, feel about an alcoholic? I love them. Amen. And I want to reach them. And, and, the, and the one way I can effectively be, do that is not by saying, you know what, yeah, I love alcohol. Come to this church. We love sin. Just come down here. See, people call, that, people call that the love of God these days. That's not the love of God. The love of God loves that person and sees what's destroying them. It doesn't matter what the sin is, what the immorality is. We love these people. Amen. When you talk about true Bible-believing Christians, you are talking about the most tolerant people on this planet. Amen. The most tolerant people on this planet. We love people. But we get angry at sin. I want to tell you something. I get angry when I see people walking into an institution that calls itself a church, yet they are given different ways to get to heaven than what Jesus provided. Jesus made salvation so simple, didn't He? Jesus, listen, the only way to heaven was for Jesus to shed His blood on the cross. To die on the cross because He carried our sins. To rise again on the third day. And then people come along and say, well, no, you've got to be a member of our church. And you've got to give our church so much money before and after death. And you've got to do all these other things. You know what? That makes me angry when I see people that I love and care about souls that Jesus loves and care about walking into a place like that and being deceived. Makes me angry. Now, what do you do about it? I don't go and try to, you know, uh, you know, call out a preacher and say, "Hey, man, we're going to have, we're going into the cage here," you know, with some other minister or something like that. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go take some red spray paint and spray it on the building and say this is not true or something like that, right? What it does mean is that 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 it makes me angry. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to love that person and reach that person with the truth, right? Uh, And so uh, there's a righteous kind of anger. There's a sanctified anger. Uh, sometimes anger, again, is the love's clearest expression. There's anger for souls. There's anger for injustice. Righteous anger, uh, somebody says this, and it came from a, a quote from Aristotle, but righteous anger comes at the right time, expressed in the right way, against the right things. It comes at the... It comes at the right time, expressed in the right way against the right things. And if our anger is directed toward people, you can mark it down. It's not righteous anger. It's got to be directed toward the villainy, not the villain. But when we're trying to, when we're seeking revenge on people and 
getting people back, you can mark it down. It's not a sanctified anger. Now, we could preach a lot about righteous anger and about be angry, but with our time, I want to try to cover both topics. So I want to talk about that sanctified anger, but now let's quickly look at sinful anger. Sinful anger. Uh, you know, one of the saddest things to me and in my experience, uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about with sinful anger? Because I sure know what I'm talking about. I didn't have to read this in a book to figure out what sinful anger was, okay? Uh, I, I, sadly, I, these are things that this preacher has experienced. And one of the saddest things about anger and sinful anger is it often manifests itself in the home. Too often, it manifests itself with those that you love the most. And that's one of the worst things about anger, I suppose. There was a husband that said, my wife is even-tempered. My wife is very even-tempered. She's always angry. <laughs> See, anger, if misused... Anger is often misused on the homes, in homes and on the highways, and in every case it usually causes a wreck. In the homes and on the highways, anger causes wrecks. You ever know somebody that you just can't please? There was a wife that was trying to appease her angry husband, trying her best to be a good wife. And she got up one morning and he's sitting in there at the table and he's reading the newspaper and she, she came in and, and she said, Honey, would you like me to fix you some breakfast? Yeah, sure, I'd like some breakfast. Okay, well, uh, what would you like? He says, uh, how about some eggs? Okay, how would you like your eggs? What kind of eggs would you like? Well, uh, how, many, how many eggs do you want? I want two eggs. Okay, how would you like them? I want one scrambled and I want one fried. <laughs> well, how do you want it fried? Well, I want it over easy. Okay, honey, and she's trying everything she can, and she does. She follows his, uh, his instructions right to a T. And as soon as she cracked those eggs and started working on them, his face boiled up and she said, well, what is it now? He said, you fried the wrong egg. <laughs> that egg you're supposed to scramble, that egg you're supposed to fry. You know anybody like that? There's some people that you just can't please. You just can't please. And that's a whole nother message on how to deal with jerks and angry pe people that are jerks and angry all the time. But we won't get into that right now. Uh, but, but the point is, is there is a sinful kind of anger. Uh, and listen, there's some things that we need to understand about our anger. Number one, we need to learn how to identify our anger. We need to learn, I talk about this identification a lot, identifying ourselves as God identifies us, identifying sin as God identifies our sin. See, your anger problem, my anger problem, it's not, well, it's just a little weakness of mine. No, it's a wickedness of mine. That's right. It's a wickedness of mine. Any anger that's centered on a person and not an offense is sinful. Any anger that is unforgiving is sinful. Uh, the Bible often speaks about anger being kindled. Being kindled. As though anger can be compared to a fire. Let me tell you something here again about be angry, sin not. Fire can be used for a lot of good. I thank God every time that fire ignites on my, in my furnace. Amen? Fire can be used for a lot of good. Every time that fire ignites under the hood of my vehicle. 
The fire can be used also as a very destructive force. Sometimes man's anger smolders, and that's malice. But this same anger can suddenly burst forth and destroy, and we call that wrath, and we'll see soon about that in a minute. In other words, what we're going to talk about about sinful anger, one kind of anger that is definitely sinful is sudden anger. Sudden anger. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 17, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. You may put that in words a little bit modern. I put that in a little bit modern vernacular. You're a fool if you get angry fast. You're a fool. You say, well, I can't help it. The Bible's going to teach us that we can't help it. And I say, you're a fool. Guess what? I'm a fool. If I get angry fast, or I should say when I get angry quickly. Sudden anger can be controlled by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Have you ever thought about this? Whatever you're filled with is what comes out when you get shaken. Whatever you're full of, whenever you are shaken, that's what comes out. So if you're full of anger and full of bitterness, that's why the very first thing that comes out of your mouth is all of this anger and frustration and and maybe even sometimes profanity. That's why that comes out. But but, But if our hearts are full of grace and peace and mercy, when we're shaken, guess what? That's what's going to come out. That's what's going to come out. So sudden anger. How do we deal with sudden anger? Number one, we need to learn to confess it and not to repress it. Don't repress your anger. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. But we need to repress our anger. Sudden anger. Not repress it. We need to confess it, not repress it. Confess it. You need to acknowledge that it's wrong. You need to acknowledge, Lord, I am sorry I was wrong. And we need to tell the people that were affected by our anger. I mentioned it in our homes before. Man, what a terrible, terrible thing. One of the, the things that literally haunts me and probably in some sense could haunt me the rest of my life is I I talked the other day to my kids I mentioned something about one of those dad moments that I'll always regret always regret and I've got way too many of those I suppose I don't live in a state of regret but understand it's just those things that I can never take back the times that I've gotten angry with my kids uh, without a good cause or angry with my wife the times that I've blown up the times that I've gone on a rampage just, I've got to get it off my chest. Yeah, but what's left? You know, and, and if you're like me, you're a person that, if you're, if you're not an, just a person that's always angry, and you're like me, and you just go off sometimes, it doesn't seem very dangerous until you think about a shotgun going, going off sometimes. Right? A shotgun going off sometimes. Well, it's not so bad when it's not going off, but sometimes going off still is not very good. And, 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 I'm, and I, if, if I could see the, the face that my wife and kids have perhaps seen at times, I mean, sudden anger. It needs to be confessed and, and it needs to also be considered. Sometimes we need to stop and ask the question, what's making me so upset? What's making me upset? And if it's an injustice to us, or especially if we're taking it out on our families, uh, isn't it something we can, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can, there could be somebody that's being such a jerk to me I mean, just annoying me to death. But you know what? I'm able just to suck it up and say, you know what? I'm not letting them get to me. And I don't, get, I don't show any anger with that person. But then I go home. Yeah. Amen. And the least little thing I'll get angry about. 
You, you understand that? And, and, and so we need to consider what's making me upset, and then we need to control it. I've said this before, and I said it just last week, but you can only, you can only think one thought at a time. Lord, help me to quit being so concerned about my rights and being angry about this person, and help me to get it right or about this situation. The fire of anger, if not quenched by loving forgiveness, will spread and defile and destroy the home, the church, relationships. Jesus said that anger is the first step toward murder uh, because anger gives a a devil a foothold in our lives and Satan is a murderer. Folks, that's one of the things that this... Anger fuels fire. It adds to sparks. I mean, there's a great deal of damage done uh, because of anger in our homes again, in our churches. And listen, by God's grace, we need to understand Ephesians 4.27. If you're still there, you can see this verse. Neither give place to the devil. Amen. Folks, when we are... When, when we don't have control over our own spirits, as we'll see a proverb warns us in just a moment, if we don't learn to get control over our own spirit and we are exploding in anger, what we're doing is we are giving place to the devil. These times that I've been angry, the times that you've been angry, you've opened up the door to the devil to come into your place, into your ground. You've given ground to Satan in your life. I can remember one time, it's... Kind of a humorous story, but what this comes to mind, I remember uh, whenever uh, one time we were uh, driving down the road, we were driving back from central South Dakota, and, and the kids in the back uh, started arguing about something. I can't even remember what it was, but they were getting loud, and they were kind of really going at it, and they were getting on my last nerve. Anybody got kids? Uh, they were getting on my last nerve, and, uh, and, and literally, I'm sitting there, and I've had about, I was like, okay, y'all, that's enough, that's enough, fine, stop, okay, whatever. And then finally, I just say, temperance! <laughs> temperance means self-control. So I lost my self-control while yelling at them to show a little self-control back there, won't you? <laughs> Anger can be so sneaky. It can, it can, you know, I, you know, Horace said something. I believe there's some truth to it. Horace said that anger is momentary insanity. Momentary insanity. And so there is sudden anger, but there's also, uh, listen, stubborn anger. Stubborn anger that we need to conquer by the grace of God. Stubborn ang- uh, anger. What's stubborn anger look like? Stubborn anger means we will not forgive someone. And I'm going to say something about that. But we will not forgive. We refuse to get over it. We refuse to let it go. It's a proud anger. We're unwilling to deal with it. We suppress it. Rather than dealing with it, we shouldn't suppress our anger. We should deal with our anger. And there's times that we could pass it over. But listen, if, if I'll say more about that in just a moment. But anyway, stubborn anger. Look at Ephesians 4 once again, and I want to show you these things. Ephesians 4, verse 31. There's six steps here, and this is an interesting little thought here. Six steps that are connected with our anger. Verse 31, the Bible says, Let all bitterness, let all bitterness. Bitterness means resentment. Bitterness, this bitterness speaks of the fact that we were done wrong or we feel like we have been done wrong. Sometimes we have been done wrong. Sometimes we just feel like we've been done wrong. 
But, but regardless, it starts with bitterness. Understand this when I'm talking about even this unrighteous anger. There's grounds for it, right? There's grounds for it. There's a reason. It's a natural thing. But by God's grace and the Holy Spirit of God, we, we as God's people can live supernaturally. I'm not trying to give you some self, self-help thing here. I'm trying to tell you about some God help. Amen. The Bible says in verse 30 of this same context, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one that can empower us and help us. But notice, it starts with, he says, let all bitterness and wrath. Wrath comes from the Greek word that means hot. So bitterness turns into burning. Burning. And then it says, and anger. When that the, the bitterness turns to burning, and then it bursts into flames. Anger. And then, verse, uh, then it goes on to say, and clamor. Clamor is vocal. Clamor is loud. I'm not mad. Temperance. <laughs> Temperance. <laughs> That's exactly right. In other words, clamor is yelling. And by the way, I heard this. I thought this was a funny little narrative or scenario. You know, here you are. You know, I can't control it. Well, here's a husband and a wife, and man, they're having one of these intense uh, fellowship sessions, you know, disagreements. I mean, it's intense to the, to, to the extent that you can hear them across the street. And boy, they're clamoring, and they're going back and forth. All of a sudden, the phone rings. The wife picks up the phone. Hello? <laughs> and we claim we can't control it. Uh, but so, clamor. Getting loud. I'm not mad. Uh, and then uh, uh, so there's clamor there, then, then it goes on and evil speaking so now we begin with put downs with slights the evil speaking there the, the root word carries the idea of blasphemy which is just saying you know kind of slandering someone putting somebody down I mean, be careful. I've known husbands and wives, and by God's grace, uh, this is something that uh, I don't believe I've ever done, but I've known husbands and wives that'll put down their spouses to their kids. Why? Because they're mad. And so they start evil speaking, and they start start, uh, denigrating and putting down their character. Or we get mad at somebody, and what's the first? We want to start, all of a sudden, it goes through these stages, and we want to start talking bad about them. How sorry and low down they are. How worthless they are. Evil speaking. And then it says this, with all malice. Now that malice speaks of that inner suppression of anger, but it talks about wanting to do harm. And so we start saying things because we want to hurt them. We want to hurt this person. Why? Because they've hurt us. And we want to be, or we've been hurt, so now, you know, hurt people hurt people. But think about this, suppressed anger. So we, sometimes there's sudden anger, their sinful anger, it's sudden, it is uh, stubborn, and it is suppressed. Uh, what anger does? Uh, there's a, a Dr. Frank Menereth says that suppressed anger decreases the lymphocytes in our bodies, which results in decreased antibodies necessary to fight disease. He says that pent-up anger is probably the leading cause of death. Many say that anger turned inward is depression. We're suppressing it. We're keeping it all in. Anger and worry are like killer cousins, by the way. Angry and worry, they kind of go together. Sometimes we're angry because we're worried. Because of anxiety. Um, 
the Bible says, and this, you know, by the way, this Bible, I'm glad this Bible is so relevant for today. Amen. It's relevant medically. It's relevant scientifically. It's, it's, it's relevant in every way psychologically. But this is cool. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now, when God had that written, He knew something that we've only recently in the big scope of things figured out. And that is this. That joy, that true joy, releases endorphins into our system. Endorphins are morphine-like hormone molecules that enter the brain's neurons and park on receptors that normally send pain-signaling molecules back to the other parts of the brain. Some say that endorphins are even more powerful and yield more uh, euphoric feeling than opiate drugs such as morphine and opium, which park on the same receptors when introduced into the body. Long story short, when you're happy, when you're joyful, guess what? Your body's filled with endorphins. I'm surprised my sister-in-law hasn't been drug tested at work yet. <laughs> Why? Because she always seems like she's on a high. But why? Because she's happy. And guess what? It breeds more happiness. On the other, so, so joy and, and, and refusing to be angry and, or at least trying to control it to some extent. Uh, so, so Because when we are anxious, there's another hormone that's released into our body that's called cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone produced by the body under stress uh, such as anger, anxiety, or fear. Anger, anxiety, and fear. Now, ultimately, cortisol in... I mean, because it, it's good. It's put in our bodies for a reason. But it's put in our bodies for times of danger. When times we need to respond. When there's times... But it's not supposed to just stay there. In other words, we're not supposed to be angry, anxious, and fearful all the time. Because what happens is it inflames and it damages, and it damages our organs. And it makes you sick. Literally, you can worry yourself to death. You can anger yourself to death. I'm telling you, I know people, and they get angry over the light, every little thing. You know, and, and I hate to talk about work, but that's what I do, so that's where I live. And but there, there's people, can you believe that something on that truck came in today? And I'm like, dude, on the things to worry about, that is not on the radar. Right? <laughs> Seriously. There's things that people get mad about. What in the world's going on here, you know? And I can, I can remember another person. I'll just use myself as an example. I probably shouldn't, or as an example not to follow. But, uh, man, I, I can remember one night, uh, we, we was, you know, I was tired, getting settled into bed, and for some reason I, I went right back downstairs to do something. I got down there and just about every light downstairs was on. The kids were the last one. And I turn off this light and I turn off that light, and, man, it's just a building and a burning, and I come uh, stomping up the stairs, who left those lights on down there? You know. Because the world's going to end. The lights are on. This is serious. This is a life or death situation. There's going to be tents added on to the power bill because of this. Who left this on? That's foolish. It's foolish to get work. Stop and examine things for a second. Why am I getting mad over this? Why am I pumping cortisol into my body, making myself not well? 
But there's another principle that we learn in that as well. I got upstairs, and my youngest, Natalie, uh, the baby, uh, I'm up there, and I'm done down the hall. Who get it? You know, fee, fi, fo, fum, you know, I mean. Uh, da- Daddy, I'm sorry, it was me. I went from the giant to this big, you know. And I thought, you fool. You know what the Bible says? A soft answer turneth away wrath. Some of you smart alecks could learn from that, amen? I should say some of us smart alecks can learn from that. Uh, but a soft answer turneth away wrath. But literally, why, why am I going to get all worked up over? Th- just think about it a second. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Who are you helping exactly? Well, I'm showing them how big of a fool I am. (laughs) They'll see, by golly, how big of an idiot I am. Now they know how big of an idiot I am. And you better steer clear of this idiot because you never know. If you pluck your eyebrows the wrong way, I'm after you. I have no idea why I just said that. It's so weird. So weird. But there's sudden anger. There's stubborn anger. And then there's suppressed anger. Suppressed anger, the problem with suppressed anger is that it doesn't stay suppressed. It doesn't stay suppressed very long. It may stay suppressed for a while. Listen to this. In, in, in the 1990s, people in Europe were still being killed by bombs from World War II. Into the 90s. 50 years after the fact, and it may still be going on today, still being killed by bombs that were dropped 50 years ago that didn't detonate. They landed on the beach and were buried. They landed just right offshore and were buried. Some were out in some remote section to where they start doing construction. And they dig up and they hit these bombs and people are killed. They're out on the beach and they hit a bomb and they're killed. We know that there's mines like... To this day in Vietnam, I mean, there's in, in many other countries, there's all these active minefields that are left there. It's scary. It's sad. But the point is this. That's kind of how anger is. These bombs have been buried for a long time. But here's the thing. Not only are these bombs dangerous, but with corrosion, these bombs become more dangerous and unstable and the detonator is often exposed. So often they're, they're more dangerous now than they were the day they were dropped. And that's how a lot of people are. They've got this suppressed anger. They're just angry people. And the detonator is exposed. And you're just going along, you're just going about your day on the beach. A fisherman casting a net off in the sea, trying to build something up, and you hit somebody's detonator. And they explode. And you're just sitting there thinking, what just happened? What just happened? That comes from suppressed anger. Suppressed anger. The Bible says in Proverbs 30, verse 33, Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter. And it goes on to say, So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. People churn their anger like butter. Just turn it and roll it over and over again. If you've got suppressed anger, you need to deal with it. 
You need to deal with it. Now, how do you handle it? And we'll close with this. How do you handle it? Number one, we need to consider the source. I've already talked about that. What's making me angry? Examine our hearts on that. Number two, uh, consider the cure. Now, I'm going to tell you, tell you right now, we don't like this part of the cure because you know what it involves? Number one, it involves some self-control. Number one, go slow. Proverbs 14, verse 29, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. In other words, a wise man knows how to control his anger a little bit. A wise woman. In other words, slow to wrath. You ever feel it coming on? Mine happens so quick. But sometimes I'll try... I'll, and listen, I'm not trying to suppress it. I'm trying to slow it down. Let me think about this. You ever say something you wish you hadn't said? Or you ever say something in a way you wish you hadn't said it? Slow down. You may need to walk away. You need to say, can you just give me a moment before we continue this conversation? Slow down. He that is slow to anger, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 16.32, is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. So we need to go slow. We need to analyze. Get the facts. We need to learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. We need to learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. What does that mean? The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 13, He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Analyze. In other words, we don't need to always be on go, man. You know, you ever hear about fighters like that? I mean, uh, you know, they'll talk about like in baseball a couple years ago, and some of you will remember there was a... Uh, uh, Jose Batista slid into second uh, uh, base, and uh, uh, man, what's the dude's name that he slid into? Um, it's a hard name. No, it was not. But but whoever the the guy, he got up and he got up and he slid in hard. And I can't remember what the whole thing was. That dude said something. Jose Batista jumped up like into his face. See, Jose Batista, he was on ready set. But this other second baseman, he was on go. So Jose Bautista's jumping up in his face. This dude's not wasting any time. He just punches him right in the face. Uh, it was entertaining, I must admit. Uh, what's that got to do with my message here? Okay. It's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to remember his name sometime later. But either way, the, 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 but, and here's the reason I say that. There's times that we all of a sudden get mad at people and are ready to punch somebody in the face either with our words or with our fist. And it's like... Um, no, I was just asking where the peanut butter was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean, what are you, what, uh, just because I didn't cook tonight and I was, no, I just wanted the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I wasn't, you see what I'm saying? Uh, hey, uh, uh, where's the lawnmower at? Will you quit about the grass? I'm going to get to the grass. I mean, blah, blah, blah. No, I was just literally wondering because, you know, I was going to have one of the kids. Oh, you see what I'm saying? We need to learn to get the facts. We always, well, if you go around all the time with this chip on your shoulder, what'd you say? You say something to me? You ever have those days? I have those days. I have those days. I'm like, I hope somebody says something to me today. Just say something to me today. Just, just do it. Come on, buddy. And then I just got to think to myself, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? You check yourself. But we need to analyze. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, don't jump to don't jump to conclusions and lose temper with people, especially your loved ones. When you don't when you don't know for sure, don't all don't always just be so sensitive. I guess. Amen. 
Don't sweat the small stuff. We need to let some things go. Like I said, like turning the lights off or locking the door, you know, or whatever the case. We need to learn to let some stuff go. Not just totally ignore it. I could have just said, hey, guys, by the way, uh, remember to turn the lights off next time, okay? A lot easier. But I had to share about how big of an idiot I was instead. The Bible says this. This is a good one, okay? Proverbs nineteen eleven. The Bible says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Don't sweat the small stuff. In other words, you know what? Yeah, that was offensive. Yeah, okay. That was a wrong thing that you did to me. But you know what? Not a biggie. I'm not suppressing it. I'm just saying not a big deal. Amen. You know, whatever. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe there's some other things going on. I don't know the situation. I, I, you know what I always try to think about with my bosses and stuff? Well, you know, I try not to get, ever get too mad at somebody that's in middle management. Yeah. You, know, you know why? Because they got some boss that's giving them a hard time. Maybe that's why they're giving me such a hard time. Yeah. Or maybe they're just a jerk. But in any, any, any case, you know, what good does it do to get all worked up about it? Uh, I mean, and so uh, we need to learn to sh- show a little discretion, not get mad at every little thing. It's the, it, the, the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. It's his glory. All right? And then, then this is where it gets really tough. Forgive the major. Forgive the major stuff. See, true forgiveness, there's a few things about forgiving. You need to learn to forgive. You know, you've heard this before, that bitterness is an acid that destroys the container. But you need to learn to forgive. If you can't forgive, you say, I don't want to forgive. They don't deserve it. Well, that's kind of the point. They don't deserve it. Yeah. But understand this. I'm not asking you to forgive for their sake. Amen. I'm asking you to forgive, number one, for God's sake. Number two, for your own sake. Amen. What is your anger accomplishing toward that person that did you wrong? Nothing. Nothing. If anything, it's detrimental towards you. It's eating you alive. It's making you sick. It's not bothering them. You know, you've heard the old illustration before about unforgiveness and anger. It's like me getting mad at... I'm so mad at this person for doing me wrong, I'm going to take some poison. That's what we're doing. Okay, so quickly on this. uh, So true forgiveness admits that you have been wronged. True forgiveness acknowledges uh, your offender's obligation to you. In other words, true forgiveness admits that you've been wronged. True forgiveness acknowledges that this person kind of owes you something. Somebody does you wrong. They, they deserve for the marriage to be in. They, they deserve to go to jail. They deserve a bunch of other things. But it acknowledges that they've got an obligation towards you, but true forgiveness recognizes, uh, your, uh, uh, recognizes the ability and forgives that obligation. And so victory over our anger. Victory is that we recognize it, we repent of it, we repudiate it. In other words, we kick it out and we rely on the Spirit of God. Then one of the last questions I was mentioning is this. What sinful anger does not do? And I guess we've already kind of said this. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't fix anything. Righteous anger directed in the right way is a huge motivator, does a great deal for the good of many. The good of all, I could say. For the kingdom of God. But unrighteous anger doesn't fix anything. It only hurts things. Let's all stand. Miss Kim's going to come play, and I appreciate your indulgence once again today. But I just want to say one thing here today. Without the power of the Holy Spirit of God, none of us can get this control over our anger anyhow. And here's what I want to say. 
Don't misunderstand this, but the truth of the matter is, is that God is angry against sin today. You know why? Because if you look around, it's sin that's destroying people's lives. It's sin that's destroying people's lives. God's angry at sin. It's sin that's dragging people to hell. It's sin that's breaking up homes. It's sin that's causing abuse. It's sin that just on down the line, it's sin, it's sin, it's sin. God hates sin. If you're offended by that, I don't know what to tell you. We all ought to hate that kind of sin. But the fact is, we're all sinners. And sin must be judged. And the Bible says there's a place called hell where sin and sinners will be judged. But the good news, Jesus took the judgment for your sin when He went to the cross because He loves you. He loves the sinner. Hates the sin. So if you have not yet accepted the forgiveness of God's grace, He went to the cross to forgive you. He went to the cross to save you. He went to the cross to make a difference in your life. Child of God, this is kind of a spiritual checkup this morning. How are you when it comes to anger? Do you recognize it? You've recognized it today, perhaps. My question is, will you repent of it? Will you repudiate it? Will you rely on the Spirit of God to help you overcome it? Oh, it's going to rear its ugly head until we die. But we can get some help. I'm going to tell you something else about this thing of anger. There might be some people in our families, some people that we love, that we might just need to go to and say, I am sorry, I've been a big jerk. I've been an absolute idiot. You are a precious person, and I had no reason, I had no good excuse to fly off the handle at you. I love you, and I'm sorry. Parents, we should not be above. I have literally got down on my knees before my kids before and said, please forgive me, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong. Maybe we need to get it right with somebody. This is where the rubber meets the road, ain't it? This is preaching that helps us. It's truths that help us because it gets down to where we're living at. 